Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Welcome to the Press Box, a radio show. When you turn us on, you're gonna be in the know. Cause we're working all the time. Yes, sorry. Checking every storyline. We got a hell do you do? Now we're in the press box. Everything will be alright. Shoot it, big fella. He does. And he nailed it. Oh, mercy. Party time in T-Town. Well, it's Chris and a ham. J.D. on the coast. And Mike is working the beat in the whole damn state. Cause we're working all the time. Good. Checking every storyline. Oh, do it, baby! Now we're in the press box. Everything will be alright. Trip stack right side, pitch to Carnell, who will throw a wide open Anthony makes a touchdown, Tiger! Here we go! On and 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 on. Cause we're working all the time. That's what we do. Checking every storyline. Big, big, big. Welcome to the press box. Everything will be alright. Fired up hour number two of the press box for a Tuesday, May the 3rd it is. Episode number 332 with Mike Grace inside the Breakline Up Studios. My buddy J.D. Myers is down in Mobile. Chris Stewart comes to us from Birmingham and glad to have you with us on great stations around the state, including Mobile Sports Talk 99.5. Our friends at Florence on Fox Sports Shoals, AM 1340, 97.9 FM. And in Auburn, you're listening on WAUD, AM 1230. Glad to have you with us as we crank up our number two fellas. Matt Wyatt of the Mississippi State Sports Network, the Matt Wyatt Show, and more joins us from, from Mississippi. We'll talk about a little bit of everything, I, I think, here, Matt. So thanks for joining us. First of all, I've got a question kind of, you know, we've seen NIL and the transfer portal literally transform the college football and college basketball worlds. Has that trickled down to college baseball yet? That's a good question. I, I think in, you know, in a small degree, maybe it has. Um, and it will. That's one thing we know. I mean, it will. In terms of, you know, watching these teams on the field right now here in 2022, I don't know that it's had, you know, a major, major impact just yet. Uh, but it's coming, as it will be with any sport. And one of the reasons I think it's coming is um, baseball is growing. Um, the There are more and more schools that are starting to see the value. Fan bases are growing a little bit. Uh, I think in the SEC, in particular, a league like the SEC, there's several factors. One is the SEC network came along in 2014, and ever since then, fan bases have had more constant connection, being able to watch every game and stay connected. You know, they can't go to everyone. So fan bases are growing. You're going to see facilities grow. Uh, if this new legislation kicks in where they – that Greg Sankey is leading, by the way, which would lift scholarship restrictions – and, and do away with the partial scholarship model, uh, I think that's a real possibility. Then you're going to look up in five to seven, maybe ten years, and you won't recognize college baseball compared to what it is right now. And, you know, you let that get going, and then, yeah, we're going to see the same effects with name, image, and likeness and portal hit baseball. And, yeah, it's just a matter of time. Hey, Matt, it's Chris. I'm curious, what's your perspective on Tennessee and where they are and what they're doing and and how it's being perceived. 
Yeah, Chris, uh, they're so dominant. It's it's kind of unbelievable to watch it. They're just so dominant. And, I mean, you know, in every way, uh, offensively leading every major category in the SEC, just a dominant team. And then on top of that, there's this, I mean, just out of this world thing with a kid closing games out for him, throwing 105 miles an hour. I just don't, I don't even know how to really wrap my head around that. But as a team, they're so dominant. But I'll tell you, Chris, the thing about it is you, you've watched so much baseball over the years and, and totally get this. Baseball is so quirky. It's so much different than than football and basketball in that the dominant teams, you kind of know what they are. I I look at Arkansas last year, okay, and, and really and truly, I, this time last year, I'm not sure at that point I had ever seen a team that looked as dominant as they did, as Arkansas did last year. The way Cops was closing out games for them, the way they were beating people, they just looked dominant. And you see what happens in baseball. Um, they ran up on North Carolina State in their Super Regional, lost, and then you get to Omaha, and frankly, NC State looked like the best team in Omaha the whole time until that weird COVID thing took them out. And so at Tennessee, the same way this year, they have looked so dominant, but because baseball is baseball, you know, if you were to tell me this is going to end with a loss in a super regional, I wouldn't be that surprised because we've seen it happen before. Baseball is just a little different. Sports always has villains, but this one's unique. Um, I think maybe it's just because it's of this sport. I don't know if respectfully is the right term or not, but I I guess I semi mean it that way without having won anything yet. They remind me almost of the Miami teams of the nineties on the football side of things where they're absolutely hated by everybody. No, you can't find (laughs) anybody that won't admit they're great, but they're hated by everybody and they're more than okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, what I what I do on some of those things, Chris, myself is yeah, yeah, try to put myself in the shoes of a player and think, yeah, okay, if I'm if I'm on a team and we're dominating ball games and we're really that far and away good, I, I probably wouldn't care what anybody thinks. Also, but I also like to think that there's a certain way to play, there's a certain way to go about stuff. Period. Whether you're winning or losing, too. Okay, and that's a real lesson and all of that too. And, you know, there's, I just think about something Bear Bryant used to say uh, years and years ago about guys who would score touchdowns and it was act like you've been there before. Even if you haven't been there before, he would say, act like you have, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I, you know, that's old school. So what, uh, that's kind of what I believe in. And I think what most baseball people believe in too. And, you know, running your mouth, antics, all that stuff does come back to haunt you eventually. Eventually. I don't know when eventually is, when it comes home to roost, but it always does. And if that's the way you go about it, then just be prepared when it does come back around. Matt Wyatt's our guest, and you, you hinted to something, a topic a minute ago, and it's kind of why we wanted to have you on. is because the NCAA is committed to a restructure, but also – uh, reorganization and trying to find out a mission and a goal and how to get there, but also who to direct them when they find out what they want. And that's how they identify their yeah. new leader. But some of the stuff they didn't want to publicly say 
but they released it to certain groups, one in Dallas, and the details started to come out that one of the topics was, among other things, is, you know, getting rid of the um, equivalency scholarship, which baseball is 11.7 scholarships to like 35 kids mm-hmm. that have to be split up. And then equitably, you got to look and, and say, well, if this impacts Title IX, you need to make it up somewhere else to be fair to the women's versus men's sports. And that's fine, too. But 11.7 scholarships is something you've actually done a project on and, and you've monitored very close. This could be a big game changer if indeed this is where the NCAA goes. Oh, it could be. I mean, it would be the game changer for these, like you say, these quote unquote equivalency sports where they're, you know, baseball, you got 35 guys on the team, but you're only allowed to give out 11 scholarships or 11.7, spread them out across guys. And so, up until this point, uh, and even right now, you, your bigger programs in college baseball, most of them, uh, most all of them, they don't have a single guy on full scholarship. You know, go find that kid who's throwing 105 miles an hour at Tennessee. I guarantee you his family is paying out of pocket for him to be there. As yep. bad as Tennessee would love to give him a full scholarship, they can't. That's the situation. It's a joke, okay? It's an absolute joke, and it has been for years, especially in the bigger leagues where budgets have grown and they would love to fund it, okay? So this is what, J.D., I hope your listeners hear and understand fully, is that Title IX is not a bad thing, and anybody in major college athletics agrees genuinely – it is a great thing, okay? It has opened up opportunities. But it shouldn't open up opportunities at the expense of closing others. When, in leagues like the SEC, they can afford as many scholarships as they want. And so here's what you have. <clears throat> uh, over the years, a, a league like the SEC goes to the voting table and would love to vote for more coaches in baseball, more scholarships in softball and baseball, but they get voted down because school number 394 is also voting and can't afford anything. And it's so, you know, it's like the affluent is sort of weighted down by those who can't because the NCAA model has told us all these schools are the same. Well, they're not, they're not all the same in football and basketball, baseball, whatever. And having them all voting on the same level, is a disservice to everybody, frankly, everybody involved. So we look up right now in May of 2022, and here's what you have. You have Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, leading a committee that is called the Transformation Committee. Greg Sankey is running college athletics right now. That's not an overstatement. He's running the show. You know, it's just so odd to me. I look up last week, there's a story that, okay, Mark Emmert is going to step down as the president of the NCAA in June of 2023. You know, are you going to pay him another $3 million over the next year to sit there and do nothing while Greg Sankey is already doing his job? Yes. The whole thing makes no sense to me. And so the, the, the positive in all this is Greg Sankey's running the show. He's the commissioner of the SEC, and he's leading the committee who's going to transform this thing, the transformation committee who put out the, the notice or the memo that says, this is what we are proposing, is we're going to get away, uh, we're going to completely do away 
with equivalency scholarships. We're going to do away with partial scholarships. And he told me in that interview last year for the video piece that we did called Uneven, his, his words were, I've always said we need to be getting away from the old model of equivalency scholarships. Well, he's putting his feet, you know, and his money where his mouth is. He's going to get it done. It's just, you know, why in the world we're still sitting here in May of 2022 with an NCA model that's going to pay Mark Emmert for the next year to do what? He's not doing yeah. anything now. Mm. Send that check to Greg Sankey because he's the one getting it done. Matt Wyatt's our guest. And again, the documentary, Uneven, it's been out for a while, but it is absolutely worth a view. And you can follow Matt Wyatt, and I highly recommend it on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt, W-Y-A-T-T. Uh, let's peel back another layer. Title Nine, yes, mission accomplished, but still evolving and improving on opportunities for female athletes and female teams. But you also said, and eloquently, that it opens the doors for female side, but it closes opportunities for others. And just to kind of expose what you've already exposed in the documentary Uneven, in baseball with 11.7, and you made the example of a player who's really good at baseball, but he's only getting his books and tuition and mom and dad are coming out of pocket. Of all the student athletes that could excel and would excel at the, at the game of baseball, don't get the opportunity at college because mom and dad can't afford it. And this would open opportunities for minorities or a cross section of economically, I guess, challenge is the fair word to say, but they can't because baseball is just an uneven sport. Absolutely. And they're wanting to change that. And so this is what I foresee happening is they're going to say, okay, the conferences, you, you conferences can decide what's best for you how many coaches, how many scholarships per team. We're not going to put limits on it from an NCAA level. So what's going to happen is the major conferences, SEC, ACC, Big Ten, others, are going to get their heads together and, and all kind of have the same limits, if you want to call them that. There are not going to be many limits. You're yeah. probably going to see, you know, allow up to 25, maybe 30 full scholarships per baseball team. Okay? And then what's going to be the result of that to meet Title IX? Well, the result will be this. At a school like Mississippi State, who can afford to fund more women's scholarships, they will make up for that, the Title IX um, mandate, by they will create a women's swimming team. They will create a women's equestrian team. They don't have those things right now because they, if they create them, they don't have any way to make up for them it's going to open up more opportunities at places who, who can afford it. And I know that some people hear that and cringe a little bit because they go, well, yeah, but what about schools who can't? What about schools who aren't in the SEC? Well, the reality is there are more of those than, than aren't. And what you have always needed, even in a sport like football, is you've always needed a dividing line. To tell me that Southern Miss in football is chasing the same trophy and championship as the University of Alabama is laughable. It's a disservice to the kids who get a scholarship and go play for Southern Miss. What are they, what's their opportunity for a championship? They don't have one, period. And it's easy enough to draw that dividing line and give them their own championship to chase, create a playoff at their own level. Uh, we've just reached a point where the breakoff – 
of the top conferences and schools is inevitable. And this is just going to be part of it. It's going to open up more opportunities for men and women at the schools and the conferences that can afford it. Real quick, because we only got a couple of minutes left with you, but how much concern is there in the state of Mississippi with NIL, given that there may not be the same marketing opportunities there that you're going to find at some Pac-12 cities, some Big Ten cities, and even some of the other markets that are within their own league? Yeah, no, Chris, there's – there's definitely some major concern. Um, and it's kind of one of those, you know, like uh, realistic concerns, like, um, like in real life, you know, you hate to pay taxes, you hate everything about it, but you have to, and okay, well, let's just figure it out. And you know, there's no point in losing sleep over it because we can't do anything about it. Right. You know, it's like complaining yeah. about the weather. Um, same thing with this here. It is this way. It is. Uh, you don't have the advantages that other places have. You're, you have a state where the population is, is less than 3 million people in the entire state. Uh, you don't have any big, huge metro areas, right? Uh, Jackson, the state capital, is the biggest in terms of population, but its makeup is really odd, and, and it's really spread out. It's different. It's far away from the college towns. So there's a concern, and both schools, uh, state and Ole Miss both, are doing some things they can do. They're a little – state in particular is a little behind – on the timeline anyway of getting that stuff organized. And I will tell you this, Chris, there are a lot of people involved in Mississippi state who think you could spend until the cows come home. You still can't outspend Alabama. Mm-hmm. You still can't outspend Tennessee. So invest in baseball. You already got something there. You already got the best stadium invest in that. So yeah. there's some of those philosophical things being worked out as we speak too, which is another reason that they're, a little bit behind. Less than a minute left with Matt Wyatt. Uh, here's a question for you. Does the defending national champion make their own conference tournament here in a couple of weeks? Yeah, that's a question. I, they're up against it because now they've lost a series to Missouri, and if they find themselves in some sort of tie with them, Missouri would have the tiebreaker. Mm. Um, yeah, so and Missouri, one of those bottom four teams. And what state has left nine games, and they are against Florida, Texas A&M and Tennessee. Yikes. So I would actually say that, you know, based on what we've seen, unless state completely miraculously turns it around and pulls off a miracle, uh, they're probably on the outside looking in. It's going to yeah. be hard for them to finish in the top 12. That's what I think. They do have a tiebreaker over Ole Miss, and that'll help them. Um, but they're up against it. I, I hope they're in Hoover. I know Hoover hopes, too, because yeah. state always sells the most tickets. You bet. You know, so I hope they're there. Find him on Twitter again, at Radio Wyatt, and uh, mattwyattmedia.com. Terrific, uh, terrific audio and video links, and heard weekdays on the Matt Wyatt Show. Check it out there. Matt, thanks for the time, man. Have a great uh, May, and we'll talk to you down the road. And my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks, Appreciate Matt. you, brother. Want to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page online at PressBoxRadio.com or find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the PressBox.